If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery are purveyors of beautiful non-alcoholic beverages. Live on your own terms, be true to you, and drink what's good for your body and soul. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How Hi, I Hi and welcome Quit back Alcohol. to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the Zoom room, I'm joined by the gorgeous Ali from WA. Hey, Ali, how are you? Hi, Danny. I'm great, thanks. Oh my God, I'm sorry to pull you out of your holiday, but today we are celebrating because yes. it's Ali's one-year soberversary today. <laughs> Congratulations, darling. How does it feel? Bloody awesome. Yeah, it's so good. What a what a huge achievement. It's such a great milestone to get to. So Ali was a participant in one of my challenge groups and you'd already been sober, was it eight months or something before you started the challenge? So same as with every podcast, Ali, which I'm sure you've heard, <laughs> you know, most of them. Tell us a bit about when you first started drinking. Um, so I started drinking when I was sort of early teens, youngest of seven. So I had an older brother who was uh, the perfect segue into me getting on the chirps. Same sort of thing, parties, born in the uh, 70s, so the 80s, it wasn't, you know, you could pretty much, you had free range, <laughs> easy to get alcohol. Yeah. How old are you now? 52. I just had my birthday. Happy birthday as well. Yeah. And so when you first started drinking, you know, what was it like for you? Was it just something that you instantly just, you loved it, you loved the feeling of it, or was it a slow burn? I loved the feeling of it, but obviously, well, not obviously, but, you know, like vomiting because <laughs> it's, you know, it's not a natural thing to um, put, you know, a shit ton of alcohol down your gob when you're little. You know, I pushed through it because I wanted to be. <laughs> got to push through, mate. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep up appearances and, um, 
you know, try and fit in. So that was basically fitting in. And I mean, I'm a chronic asthmatic and I smoked and it was kind of like drinking and smoking were like basically what the cool kids did. So even though I had terrible lungs, I still managed to, you know, continue smoking as well as drinking. Shows you how much little I thought of myself, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the same. I actually remember the first time I actually inhaled a cigarette and I reckon I turned grey and I was like dizzy and shaking, like I shook like crazy. And it was revolting and my head was splitting and I went and had another one like straight after. Yeah, totally. Do you think, so you were saying, you know, like to fit in. Yeah. Yeah. So was that the driver that kind of kept you going as well? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I mean, we pl- I played volleyball and, again, you know, to celebrate you, after a win, you know, we'd all, all teenagers just get drunk Yeah. in the park. <laughs> yeah. And so was, any, was there a parent monitoring that or was there, they had no idea or they just, there was no boundaries or how did that look? With the volleyball thing, we had older people in the team so they could access the alcohol. Uh, and, again, my, my older brother, he... You know, it was just on tap, really, because he wanted to hang out with the girls that I play volleyball with. So ah. it's kind of like a, <laughs> it was a win-win. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, you, I'll supply the uh, teammates if you supply the booze. Yeah. So did mum and dad know what you were up to? No. Um, my parents separated when I was 12. And so mum was a single parent. So we were the, the – so my twin brother and my older brother lived with mum. And then the rest of the siblings lived with dad, who were pretty much our adults. So dad wasn't really a big part of, you know, our, our upbringing. So um, it was mum and she was basically working every day to um, provide for us. Because I was with my older brother or with teammates or with school friends, you know, it was kind of like out of mind, out of sight. Um, she did bust me smoking though because she was a smoker she was mortified but she made me to get me to not smoke she made me smoke a packet of cigarettes in my room and oh my god and it kind of worked for a bit but then you know you just push through (laughs) you push through don't you Um, she gave up she just thought oh well yeah. yeah right I had a friend who her dad caught her smoking when we were young, like 13 or something, and he made her eat a packet of cigarettes. And she was so violently ill, like violent, violently ill. I mean, it's it's such a strange thing to make your kid do. Yeah. 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 So do you feel like, and this is without blaming mum, of course, because obviously she was doing the best she could, but do you think the fact that she was working so much and not able to, you know, perhaps maybe that supervision wasn't there? Yeah, look, I had I had an issue, abandonment issues right from the get go. So, I guess mm. that sort of looked for others for comfort or validation. She was, as I said, she was working, and then she got into a relationship, and I was sixteen and left home because I, yeah, just didn't wasn't getting enough at home. I guess. Well, mm. I, I kind of lived with dad, and he was running a pub, but I didn't really drink when he was uh, he owned a pub. You know, I was this weedy little 13, 14-year-old, like skinny as, and their, their dad's co-parent, partners, their daughter was my age. She looked like she was 20 and she was the one that was drinking and she introduced me to how to roll cigarettes and 
try and have sex. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, no. And then I ended up going to Bream with her on a Greyhound bus when we were 16 and a bit. Yeah, it was all very much sort of running away from myself, but really just wanted nurture, I guess, but just mm. didn't know how to express that. Isn't that, you know, and you think about these, and especially in, in our age bracket and perhaps a bit older, like, you know, the, the 70s sort of kids, and I guess it's still happening. That's, I mean, it's probably always happened, but like you say, like moving out of home, my sisters, they were out of home. I think they got kicked out of home, to be honest, at like yeah. 16. And it's yeah. just so young. Like I could yeah. not even even imagine you know I know I don't know about with you it sounds like different circumstances but I was the youngest of six by a long shot I was a lot younger than my siblings and I reckon mum and dad were a bit over it yeah pretty (laughs) much you know in terms of like trying to be strict and have boundaries um so it was just like I just fuck off with my friends on the weekends and get hammered and I don't I don't think they knew I don't think that would have approved of it but no they weren't kind of busting my balls to find out where I was or anything like yeah. that so you kind of yeah. lean on your your peers you know the yeah. other the other teenagers who are yeah. all going through a similar thing hmm. for a bit of guidance and support and you just yeah. sort of do what each other's doing yeah and, yeah, yeah very similar mm-hmm. I mean as I said like without throwing my other brother under the bus if I said to mum I'm hanging out with Matt um she'd be like oh okay but she mm. didn't realize that I mean, that meant nightclubs, casino, mm-hmm. nightclubs, pubs. Like, you know, I was 15, 16 getting into nightclubs and just drinking. And she didn't know, but I think when she did know, she kind of thought, well, I'm with my baba, so he'd be looking after me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, yeah, by the youngest of seven, you kind of like let to free range, whereas I think the older ones would tell a different story, be more stricter and with mum was a single parent to three of us so oh look you know and it's you know and yeah everyone's always doing the best that they can with what they've been given but it certainly um does raise some questions about the choices that we end up making for ourselves and our level of respect for if it's okay to go there you know having that picture of that and imagining another young girl going through that what do you think they make that mean about themselves unworthy unworthy um, yeah maybe not good enough yeah not good enough yeah yeah and it's a real it's a common thing and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now Ali could that kind of hit them in their their heart space because so many of us did feel like we weren't enough or we weren't considered or you know that we weren't worthy of um you know finding out where we were or um what we're up to and as like I remember leaving home and I absolutely didn't want to. I was fucking crying my eyes out with my my girlfriend who was driving, but thinking and hoping my mum would say, darling, come back. I didn't mean it. And she didn't. And I went and lived with a girlfriend and oh. then that turned to shit because we were so young. And I remember asking mum, you're like, okay, I've, I've moved out of home and I we had this party and it went out of control. Like it, the house got trashed. And I rang my mum and she came and I literally said, can I please move back home? And she said to me, I told you when you were, when you left that if you choose to leave, then you're not coming home. Oof. I was like, oh, okay. So I've never, I've never lived home ever again when I was 16. And there's that feeling of being unworthy that- and not enough and then it's just bang, there it is again. Yeah. 
confirmed. Confirmed, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and so then and then what was happening after that? Well then I I think I nicked off to Broome then and I got a job and but you know, then at work I was just the just alcohol was just always there. It was just my friend or my to try and get out of like I was just such a um I was just scared of everything. You know, I had low, low, low self-esteem and that fed into, you know, like having a drink would make me feel attractive because as I, you know, like when I was in school, I was literally teased for being so skinny that, I mean, I looked anorexic, but I wasn't. I used to eat, but it was just, you know, so the bullying on the, oh, you have to run around in the shower to get wet, all of that you think about all those things piled up you know the childhood stuff and I'm sure there's a lot more and then that and then being bullied and all these things they all just add up add up add up until you know that self-esteem just gets annihilated and of course what do we do we go for something like you say that makes us feel pretty that makes us feel confident that we don't feel that self-consciousness yeah talking to guys and I when I did eventually start to you know meet guys I, I always had sex drunk and I always thought if I had sex with someone, then that meant they loved me. So, yeah. you know, you know, that's from low self-worth, low self-esteem, searching for, searching for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. I just didn't, I just didn't feel worthy enough in myself and yeah, stuff. So and it's like when we have all that stuff kind of stuck there inside us and we don't feel okay on the inside, but we don't, kind of even understand that so we're constantly searching for externals to make the inside feel better and it's it's a slippery slippery slope because it doesn't matter how much you put in or whatever you try and however you try to manipulate the outside yeah. world it's never going to get the external right you know that only can come from within but it's a long ride to get to that place where you finally realize yeah. that and a lot of people don't realize that i've had therapy on and off for you know, since I was 16 and mum, you know, buying me self-help books, you know, even through into my marriage, you know, like we always, it, it was the self-help books overload, but I just never, ever believed it because I just didn't, just didn't rate myself enough to even, or I'd get healing and I'd be, oh yeah, you know, be wishing and praying that they could take this feeling away. But really when you, you've got to look in and now I've kind of realised that you know, 50 years later that yeah, it does start from within and, and yeah. giving up the grog is, is certainly that was the biggest self-love thing that I've ever given myself. And now I can actually have the headspace where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, is that what that book meant? <laughs> healing. <laughs> yeah, that's what the healing is, isn't it? And that's what someone said to me the other day, what does that mean, like, to do the work? Like, what work? Yeah. <laughs> what work? Yeah. Like yeah. the inner work, the inner work on yourself, that's that's the work. The putting pen to paper, the asking the big questions, the doing the meditation or, you know, whatever it is, however that looks, but it's doing that internal work because just like I said before, if we don't fix what's going on in, it doesn't matter what we do on the outside. It does not matter a piece of shit. You can move anywhere, yeah. change the people you hang yeah. out with, um, change it all. But unless we change the inside, nothing changes. Yeah, after yeah, I did that, you know, just running away for just running, just running for myself, thinking the grass is greener and, you know, then I'd get Reiki or then I'd, you know, see another bloody psychic and I'd be just thinking, just read my mind, you know, just help me to try and 
loo, just yeah, until you actually put a torch on yourself, then that is the work. Um, yeah, um, probably the biggest lesson that I think we all learn on this this healing journey, and you know, particularly with people that relapse as well. I've spoken to a few people re- recently that have had some big relapses. And just saying to them, you know, it, how was your work? Like, how, yeah. what were you doing for yourself? Oh, nothing really. Or I'd started, but I stopped. And okay, well, there's your answer. So now yeah. you know better. Like Oprah says, you know better, you yeah. do better. The great thing about a relapse, sorry, I'm going off track here. Yeah. But the great thing about a relapse is it's an opportunity to learn something. And if you don't fucking waste it by yeah. just being sorry for yourself or blaming yourself, actually go right now, I've got an opportunity to really ask some decent questions of myself like what is going on for me why am I not okay why did I go for that you know did it even work you know and just go just go harder okay now it's time to go harder on this stuff it is it's a beautiful gift now I am digressing so tell me Ali tell me how the drinking as you got older how did that look well I just got better at it I um, surrounded myself with people that drank pretty much as much as me but um, I, you know, look, I had some awesome times, you know, like as alcohol does. I just had relationships with men that were um, heavy drinkers. Um, but I was so, so I worked for my other brother landscaping. So, again, I, I was in this tomboy. I was a tomboy, basically, because I sort of looked like a boy, I guess, really. I, you know, when you're not, and I, I just loved my brothers, so I hung out with them. So I got into that type of work. So I was um, landscaping and, of course, you know, down tools, hard day at work, drink. I mean, I could drink a freaking carton of beer. Like, what? I, I could. Like, over a course of the night, I could drink I could drink a shitload. And I only weighed, like, 45 kilos. I don't know how I did it. But, but my average was probably half a carton. Wow. Um, I never drank spirits until later on. And then, so, yeah, working on the tools, um, then that got a bit hard because, you know, wake up with a hangover, eventually that catches up with you. So then I got out of that and went into mining. <laughs> Crikey. So, again, working in a male-orientated, uh, often being the only woman, so I did exploration-type work. So we'd be out in a caravan with all these men um, drinking. And half the time I wouldn't even cook dinner because they would assume that I would be the cook. I'd be like, oh, no, man, fuck off. I'm drinking piss. <laughs> I could stoke the fire, uh, <laughs> but I ain't cooking. And then uh, eventually, because they ended up bringing in the, the drug and alcohol type of, um, it's called Markstar, so that, you know, you get tested. So I'd be like, oh, fuck that. So I got out of that and then became a ranger, which is in local government. And that's sort of where I've stayed, which is working with animals. But again, like, you know, this the alcohol was keeping me from so many opportunities because I just um, was either try a different career, then I'd get really pissed up before, and then I'd, you know, ring up and say, oh, um, you know, make up some dodgy excuse. It's like so self-sabotaging was, any oh, kind of... That was my... It was... Yeah. And in so many relationships, you know, I turned into this jealous. I never knew jealousy until I experienced it. I wouldn't wish it on anyone again now. Mm. I know it's low self-esteem, but the alcohol and then smoking pot was just like, 
Mm-hmm. It fueled it, but I couldn't get away from it because mm-hmm. it was just in that cycle. So uh, lots of, you know, wasted years of self-sabotaging. And I lost my license three times for drink driving. It wasn't It wasn't enough to yeah. work out. That was, alcohol was the, the square root of you're fucking your life up. Yeah, absolutely. So was it getting to daily drinking or was it more just the yeah. sort of binging? Yeah, no. Oh, no, it was a full, full blown. I mean, working obviously. So, in the, so I got married and, you know, met. He was a full drinker. Um, and, again, that suited me. You know, we had great times and um, then I fell pregnant and had our daughter, honeymoon baby. Um, I did drink one time with her which I'm very you know she was in the womb and then you know I couldn't get her off the tip quick enough mm. to to go back to that what I knew was drinking and we just drank and drank to try and cope yeah and how and much it, were you consuming on a daily basis when parts of our marriage we ended up running a still so we were making our own moonshine like fuck <laughs> And I would, so say if we were going out to a party, I would drink a litre of moonshine and smoke pot. Wow. So were you starting to worry at any point along along this, you know, when are you starting to go, hmm, this is becoming an issue? For years, for years. You know, I was just in that loop. So I'd I'd have a good day, have a drink, have a bad day, have a drink, and also living with someone who's an alcoholic. So it was hard to, so yeah, 2012, I tried to, I had hypnotherapy and that lasted about, I don't know, a month. And then the last good time, I, my joke was 2015, I had another hypnotherapy and this guy, he was like full on, he was like, yeah. And I'd had a breakup with the separation with my ex um, and I did really well. I gave up cigarettes and alcohol they were literally salt and pepper and I went for three nearly four months without it and then I traveled overseas with our daughter back to France where we lived and did really well traveling and then I missed my flight back to Australia so I literally went to the bar ordered a double shot of Bacardi and that feeling that I got that came over me, that washed over me, I thought, oh, hello. Hello, friend. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. And then yeah. I rolled it. This guy was at the airport and he was rolling his cigarette and I, that was why I used to smoke rollies. And I was like, hey, mate, can I, um, can I roll a rollie? And my daughter, I didn't think she saw, but she saw me roll a cigarette because they're the smartest ones in the house. Mm-hmm. She was 10 and... I took it in my bag. I shot down these drinks, went to the airport, you know, Heathrow got a room and then I put her to bed and I said, oh, I'm just going to go downstairs with something and went with my cigarette and um, fucking, but again, it was that feeling. I had drank and then I smoked these cigarettes and then I was in the, um, in the going up in the elevator and I could have vomited, but I had head spins. And I smelt the smell of my hands and I smelt my breath. When I woke up in the morning, I said, I'll never smoke again. And I didn't, but I fucking went back to drinking and I went back to the ex. And we didn't talk about anything. It was just like, da-da-da, squish everything under the carpet. 
and picked then up, picked up where you left off picked up left where off. we left off and then all that good work and all that confidence and all that good stuff just flew out the window because this is this is my lot you know I'm married I've got to make it work and then but that that thing too at the airport, you know, if you're thinking, wow, if if, if only there was the those tools in place tools. to help you deal with the stress, perhaps you wouldn't have gone to the bar. But you know, that's just part of this whole journey. You know, it's part of this whole tapestry that makes up this journey of you know of, of your journey, I guess. So we can't regret. But in hindsight, yes. it would have been great to have some tools up the up the sleeve to be able to draw on when the stress kicked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me about so that's gone. The drinking's obviously gone. Did it go back to where it, where you left yeah, off? Oh, yeah, yep. Well, that's when we started um, making our own. Um, okay. And that just ramped up because we sort of had school friends that you know every Friday or every weekend we would drink. I was always the last one up, and then in the morning, some days I'd be yeah, let's back it up and drink again. Wow. And I could literally last all day. So I was a pretty seasoned heavy drinker and did it also on my own, you know, like it was sort of I used it for it towards the end, yeah. I was lonely and just bored and lonely and so I'd drink because you yeah, had the marriage breakdown. Those friends, you know who your friends are when you break up with your ex. Mm-hmm. Um and then yeah, found myself alone and thought oh well alcohol here we are my friend yeah and even the thing of like losing their friends to the to the ex and all it's just hitting all that stuff that's been there since childhood I could just see it as you say it all I can think is like you getting bullied or you having no self-worth and so okay and so it sounds like that's got pretty dire and the drinking's gone back and you're making the moonshine and you you know downing loads of that Mm. so fast forward then to a year ago what got you there what got you there this time to say okay that's it I'm done with the booze um I was seeing this guy uh you know met in a nightclub emotionally unavailable and then he him and I sort of separated or broke up and then I just drank you know course commiserate drank found myself drinking and then I thought wow you know this is this is fucked like I've got a second chance especially after, you know, removing that marriage, I've got a second chance at life. But what am I doing? You know, I'm free. So then I made myself, gave myself a thing of I'll get do dry May and I did. And then I would find every sort of two weeks, I'd, every Tuesday for some reason, I think it was putting the bins out and doing a bit of manual work, oh, I'll get a bottle of champagne. So I'd only drink one bottle but still. And then I rang a girlfriend and I said, like, I'm just sick of this loop because I've always wanted just to not, you know, get out of this loop. So she suggested a, a girlfriend that I went to school with to do quantum healing um, therapy, so QHHT therapy, um, so deep hypnosis. So I, I thought, oh, okay, and I rang her and I told her I'm just having this struggle about, you know, I wanted to give up and then I would just um, sabotage myself and drink and I'm sick of it and I've had enough she said all right come and see me so I did last June long weekend in Perth went down saw her and spent a day of literally writing to my subconscious and then she puts you under 
and you talk to your subconscious. So that really was the catalyst, I think. I think I was ready because I, I, mm. I have been hypnotised in the past with smoking, but you never really you kind of always, I just didn't really want to give up smoking or drinking back then because, you know, everyone else was doing it and I was fear of losing friends and things like that. But this time I just thought, fuck it, you know, I've got to do this and it worked. And then obviously doing the work, really. Um, so after the quantum healing session, did you, you didn't drink again? I did have a friend, a work colleague's wedding on the 19th of June and I gave myself that day to drink, even though, I, you know, you can bash yourself up. But I was standing there drinking this champagne and fucking, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. But I, you know, the old alley, yeah, you know, just one more night, you know, and wake up the next day feeling like shit and driving. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. It was, a, it was out of town, driving back, shitting bricks because I didn't want to get pulled over by the police. You know, all that crap that every day that I'd go to work, I was risking getting pulled over or mm. drug testing at work. But anyway, I, I yep, came home and that was the last I ever touched up or because yeah. I also didn't want to feel like that again and I know and I did say to my daughter who's early on before I had the the hypnotherapy I said to her I'm going to give up alcohol for a year (laughs) she put on her snapchat oh bullshit you couldn't do it for you know a month (laughs) you know and so now this morning I was like good morning guess what today is it's my (laughs) first one year she's like oh yeah I know I'm proud of you mum good on you so yeah that was also a good reason but you can't do it for anyone else you've got to do it for yourself the first few weeks and months were wasn't hard because I sort of went into hermit mode and then when I met you I heard you on the radio and I was like oh this is you know in podcasts I've never really heard about podcasts and then um, I don't know many too many other people that don't drink so I did go into a bit of bunker down hermit mode. Winter is a perfect time. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you do early on? How did you handle all your your cravings and things like that early on in the piece? I just put, I didn't put myself in those situations where I could fail and read and listen to podcasts. It was kind of like spontaneous sobriety in the best possible way because I just, this flick switch had flicked and I just felt so good. So I just didn't put myself in those situations and really I only just did it a few weeks ago, put myself in a situation, even nearly a year into it, a friend's 50th and fuck, like I had anxiety was, you know, this was people that I, everybody couldn't believe that I wasn't drinking, but 
I didn't know that at the time. I was just holding on to that zero Heineken, thinking, fuck. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Like my knees were knocking. So I just didn't put myself into those situations. And I found people that I, you know, let's go for walks. So I did a lot of hiking, actually. That's one thing that I've found that I really enjoy and just just basically hiding, (laughs) hiding for some of it. Yeah. And just staying in and not telling anyone. I mean, I still haven't told many people that mm. I've given up because I haven't given up. I've gained. Oh, I haven't given up. I've gained. Hey, yeah. that could be a T-shirt. Yeah, that's another T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> haven't given yeah. up. I've gained. Yes, that is so awesome, Ali. That's so awesome. So it, it sounds like you know. So you're not putting yourself in situations that would yeah. that could trigger you, and I think that's really wise to anyone listening right yeah. now. I would say if it's early days, if you if you're a bit wobbly or you're still not feeling right, just avoid the stuff. Don't yep. force yourself to go out because you could you go and then you kind of sometimes it's either you feel to that you have to show up in a certain way or you've got to be the life of the party or that you just could get that pressure from other people so I'm with you Ali even if it means you're bored shitless all night stay home you know you'll thank yourself for it in the morning and I love what you said you educated yourself so you listen to books you read books you listen to podcasts so you're doing you're having the good input which I talk about which is so important which is part that was my daily routine in my first year and still and beyond is always something, whether it's reading something, listen to something, always think about the input, what you're putting in, in terms of what you're listening to positive people, you know, people in the same journey, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't have to be all alcohol based, but it could just be, you know, a Wayne Dyer or an Oprah podcast, just anything good. that's going to give you a bit of inspiration. I think is great that mindset of um, I'm gaining, I'm not giving up, I'm, I'm giving up nothing, I'm gaining so much yeah. here. And so I think those three things yeah. are just a fantastic takeaway for the people listening to this today, you know, just you weren't passive either in your in your journey. It's not like you just kind of sat there and yeah. bunkered down and, and didn't do anything. I think those things are all really, they're really active, they're not passive you were kind of very clear about your decision. So you clear to make that choice. I'm not going out to that party. Yeah. This is going to trigger me. And I find that's just so, that's empowering, you know, that's making a big fucking decision for you yeah. that gets yeah. you where you need that, to be. Yeah, yeah so, because we all have FOMO and, and right. you know, being being that people pleaser or that mm-hmm. person that, you know, would enjoy a party. But it was funny, like when you're not doing it, the anxiety is still there. So I got ready with that party and I didn't have to drink a bottle of champagne mm-hmm. beforehand. That's right. You know, like literally I drove there and that to me, I was literally sh- screaming going, fuck yeah. I didn't have to drink a bottle of alcohol to then go and drink more. Cause yeah. then I knew that that night I, I it's sort of written off my whole weekend. I just was gone there. I'd already been in half cut, free bar. Um, probably gone to the nighty, picked up some random bloke and then, you know, wake up Monday thinking, fuck, oh, yeah, that was a great weekend, but really it wasn't. Mm. And just that now I'm feeling so much more, I don't don't have that shame or I'm not a liar, you know. I can actually wake up and look in the mirror and think I I don't have to lie to myself or to others. And also the other scenario of that other weekend, that's not feeding your soul. 
you no. know, like going out to the nightclub and, and picking yeah. up and all the rest yeah. of it, that is not feeding your soul and that's doing no. nothing for your self-worth. Mm. But in the past, yeah, absolutely. I just thought, oh, yeah, I can pick up. But, yeah, again, yeah. it's just that self-worth that I've given myself is um, better than, as I say, I'd rather, you know, sit at home, read a book and be slightly bored than living yeah. a lie really of yeah pretending absolutely. i'm happy and not yeah. lonely. yeah i really like too that the fact that you said that you went to the party and you still had some anxiety oh, like shit. it's not like that just yeah. goes but the fact that you can acknowledge that and go yeah. all right i'm at the party i'm feeling nervous right now yeah or i'm, I'm feeling anxious but yeah. that's okay i don't have to go yeah. and drink i can acknowledge these feelings and yeah, just and acknowledge we- them yeah, absolutely. And I took myself, what I actually did was um, when I was starting to get a bit, I ended up cutting the cake for the, for, you know, to help out because I thought, well, I actually felt like jumping behind the bar because I was getting a little bit, like I wasn't in the mood to dance as yep. such because I was kind of still a bit, you know, during the headlights, like everybody was pissed. And um, yep. so, yeah, instead of I just changed it up and did, oh, can I help? And I yep. went and cut the cake and, you know, did something else that's such a great tool and that's yeah um you know I've spoken about that a few times just get busy yep. at the party yes, then if you're starting busy. to feel super uncomfortable yep. every host wants a helper yes <laughs> so yep. you know clear drinks you know bring out yep. some food go clean yep. up do some dishes the host yep. will love you for it yep. and it yep. kind of gets you out of that deer in the headlights situation that you just yep. mentioned so I think that's yeah. a awesome tool if if you're out at a party yep. and it's starting yep. to get a bit much, if you've got to stay there, particularly yeah. if you're the designated yeah. driver, yep. then just get busy. Yeah. And busy that's what I, you know, I, I just had my first sober holiday with my um, birthday and Yay. I did, yeah, and I did a lot of driving, which it, it just made me feel good that I could say, you know, I went and picked up a friend that I hadn't seen and he's all oh, good, get a new. I said, no, I'll come and get you. And like his jaw dropped when I told him I wasn't drinking because people just are like, what? If Ali can give up drinking, fuck, there's hope for us all. You know, a leader, a leader at night, Jesus, to then I'm picking him up. And it was so cool to like drive him home, you know, and they, just those little things that I would never, pl- and playing it forward, which is the tools that I learned through you and, doing your challenge, even though it was eight months, just to push myself that little bit further because we can all learn and just keep learning. And and what I learned with your challenge is to work on the inside because there's always a reason behind why we drink. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ellie, I'm just so... Yay! oh god I got tears in my eyes I'm just so so stoked for you I just think it's thank you amazing yeah, what you said before about your friend and when you just said fuck if Ali could do it yeah I could do it a leader or night yeah. you know and for anyone yeah. listening and if you're feeling like you can't yeah. believe us both believe of us, us you can you, you can do it and it's so yeah. much better oh, my god and you're not the first person that's you know, had a bit of sobriety under their yeah. belt to join the challenge and they wanted to go a little bit deeper. And I know some people that have signed up for the one starting in, like in July coming up that there's a few have had quite a few months yeah. under their belt, which is really, really cool. Yeah. So some people are starting on day one and yeah. some people, some people start on day one, they're hungover as yeah, yeah, all yeah. hell. I couldn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then some have been sober for quite some time. So that was going to be one of my questions. What made you want to join 
the challenge. So it was digging deeper. What, what was the great takeaway from the challenge for you? Well, you're very personable and you're very realistic and that's what I love, you know, like knowing that, um, to, well, just to get extra tools in the toolbox yeah. and just to know that you're not alone and there was great support and camaraderie with the group that it's just doing the, the work and, that, you know, over the years, you know, there's always been, oh, you know, you should meditate. Like, well, freaking whatever. Because I was always that, you know, I was always anxious and highly strung, and you know, da, 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 da. and now, like I've learned how to meditate, and yay. you know, yay! <laughs> and it's not, it doesn't have to be the half an hour's, you know, yeah. Zen thing on your meditation mm. pillow. It's just learning about why we drink and recognizing that, you know, there's, you know, that healing that we need to do, and how mm. do we heal it? Is what you teach us is how to heal it because. Mm. As you say, you can read books and stuff and it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. But when you're actually every week, you do the Zoom call and it was just awesome. Mm-hmm. Even though I did have that sobriety, it was realising why do we drink and meeting mm-hmm. other people that drink in a similar fashion. Like we, mm-hmm. we thought the fear of giving up that friend. Yeah. Yeah, so great. And thank you for saying that because it really means a lot and it's great to hear that afterwards. And one thing I would say, like with you and the people that, you know, that really smash it with the challenge is that you do the work, you do yeah. the stuff. So whether or not you join this challenge or how, you yeah. know, someone else's or, you know, yeah. even if you just go it alone, you've got to do, you can't just be passive in yeah. your sobriety, like really dig deep and then take it as an opportunity to get to know yourself and to heal yeah. those old wounds. Like, you know, there's yeah. a reason that you would, that you yeah. either were or are drinking that much Yeah, and, you know, go and get, go and, you know, go, do a few sessions with a psychotherapist, a trauma, trauma informed therapist or, or trauma informed coach or someone that can help you dig a bit deeper and, and learn to hold those wounds because alcohol is just an attempt to solve a problem that's, excessive yeah, that, alcoholism is yeah yeah yeah. I, 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 yeah you know I'm just grateful that I wasn't um you know I've obviously got some sort of angel around me that didn't you know I didn't kill anyone I didn't kill myself I didn't I mean I put myself in risky things just for the freaking alcohol or just for what I thought was mm-hmm. you know somebody liked me and then you know everything went out the window that you just wouldn't do if you were sober. I'm grateful that, um, you know, to the higher being that I was safe and I am worth saving. You know, like I never, when I started, even on your challenge, I didn't really think that I would, I thought, yeah, yeah. And then, so, you know, my birthday, classic, I could have lit, and I gave it a second. Yeah, okay, Ali, you've done it a year. You know, the sneaky bitch, mm-hmm. you know get pissed with your twin brother and um, then get back on the wagon and I just you know sat with it and just went what the hell would it achieve yeah like it's one night and I can actually have it and I did I had a great night without it that's right and, and yeah sometimes you do miss that want to just get the fucking you just want to get obliterated to have that escapism but then you bring your, your learning which through your challenge what am I escaping yeah exactly what am I escaping playing it forward Mm. and it's also an element of people pleasing yeah there's a big element in that for me I think any time that I've really wobbled apart from one time but earlier on it would have been 
more to do about p- pleasing other yes. people or feeling that pressure to to show yeah. up in, in accordance to my old labels or just yeah. to keep them happy or to make them yeah. feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, and thank God I, I didn't. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I totally can relate to that one. Oh, Ali, amazing. Oh, You're so amazing. You. So I'm assuming that, you know, you've hit your 12 months now. Well, this is the other thing, like, you know, learning about and giving myself the courage to try different careers. Actually, one of the things that I am going to do is join a singing group. Ah, yes, that's a great idea. That's a wonderful idea. I found one and this is the rule, like I'm already getting anxious about thinking about rocking up to the little church to, you know, to do it and that that fear of, you know, putting myself out there. So, yeah, that's one thing that I'm going to do this week. That's brilliant. Yeah, and I think that's really great, particularly after the one year. So people listening to that are at that one year or beyond the mark and they might be getting the ho-hums a little bit. Doing anything that will push push your boundaries a little bit or trying something really new or something that's out of your comfort zone is great. Singing is great and there's a few reasons why. Singing, you know, getting to love the sound of your own voice is great. Um, It's good for your own self-confidence. It's also great the diaphragmatic breathing is great for your stress and toning the vagal nerve. So that is an awesome uh, thing to do to regulate yourself I'm really, you know, that's why it feels good yeah, to right. just sing a song at full power yeah. in the car. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and that, that's also to do with that because you're breathing into the diaphragm, you're breathing into the belly, and then you're, you are in essence extending your exhale because you're taking ah. so long for the words. So, just like how I teach in the challenge, extend yeah. the exhale into yes. the belly, extend your exhale. It's it's great for the nervous system, yeah, and right. it's great for your confidence. It's great to for socializing. Yep. You know, and to actually be in a room together and sing with yep. other people, there's something almost spiritual about that. It's almost taking us back to, uh, I guess, worshipping or being together yep. in, in community. And Sunday there was always, <laughs> yeah, well, that was it. You know, that was that yep. sense of being together in your community and singing and dancing yep. was part of that, you know, that whole experience, which we don't do anymore unless we're pissed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that's something I want to really uh, make myself not make myself do but yeah that's really giving me like oh shitting breath uh, to walk in there great. but that's cool so that is a great thing to do it's 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 interesting it's funny and just dialing back to what we were talking about before circling back a little bit there's a guy that I've been talking to for well over a year now kind of just supporting him from afar throughout his journey and he just was going so well so well so well and then he did get the the ho-hums a little bit after about 12 months and then he's gone on a holiday with his boyfriend overseas and he's like I think I'm going to drink and I'm like don't do it (laughs) and then I just got a message and I've been wondering but I didn't want to be that person so I've just sort of I've left him I've just got a message today just saying fuck it you know I've been just drinking like just right back where he started yeah and which you know I've just said to him just like I said before you know it doesn't have to be a catastrophe it can be a great learning experience that oh perhaps I've got to go a bit deeper um but yeah if you don't kind of keep up with the good input or pushing your boundaries doing something different that that's what can happen in the second year you can kind of plateau a bit so it's really great like like what you're doing just to keep Doing something and also, new. It, you know, it's just frustrating as well to um to have to explain why you don't drink. So just to refresh, you know, like now I just I think a lady did a double take the other day and 
she said, uh, I said something like, um, I just, I don't drink. And it was actually at my brother's work. And because I had a fake uh, G&T, like a stubby, yep. she literally, when I said, and I felt so fucking cool, I was like, this guy said, oh, you know, do you want to take this extra wine home because we we're packing up? And I said, oh, no, I don't drink. And and just to really just throw that in there, and, and this lady like did a double take and looked at my thing and I turned it around it was zero zeros and I just thought fuck yeah it just yeah. sounds so I'm a trailblazer man it was so good just to be like no nah, man I don't drink oh how good does it feel I know I still it's am proud so to good. say it I know and I and that's the other thing you know people say it's not you're not giving it up you know because that literally I would have played that forward the old alley I would have like grabbed that thing like I would have already eyed it off or probably stole it anyway you know, <laughs> and then gone home and, you know, drank and had this, you know, drunk conversation with my brother and wake up, oh, you know, hung over, heady, gone to the beach and everything's just so much harder when you got a headache. Yeah. And now I just, you know, I got my brother, we, we woke up on our birthdays and watched the sunrise. Perfectly yeah. sober. Yeah. You know, Is he sober too? No. <laughs> 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 no. Right, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good, Ellie. It's so amazing. I love that, you know, just saying, just to be proud of that. I don't drink. And I can see uh, the big beaming smile on your face as you said it. And do you remember the first time you said, I don't drink in this this year? Uh, Well, well, I sort of had to only only just learn how to reframe it because in the, when you first, it's like, oh, I don't drink because I'm doing a challenge. Or mm-hmm. you had to, I had to put on that extra reason. Yeah, the justifying you know, part. The just, mm-hmm. That's it, the justification. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was initially, oh, oh God, you know. Um, yeah, there was a bit of pushback because I was exactly the same. I used to pretty much be slightly jealous of people that didn't drink or, or a bit... Um, you know, a bit weary of people that don't drink because I guess deep down inside, I wish I could have, I could do that. But I could never imagine myself being the person that would say, no, I don't drink or I'm driving. There's no way in hell, ever, well ever. So now I just think, yeah. So, yeah, I do remember it, but I always put it. So that was the first time in a long time that I just said flat out, full stop, I don't drink, full stop. Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. There's another <laughs> so, T-shirt. I don't drink, full stop. Full stop, yes. I don't drink, full stop. I love it. And also, I'm a trailblazer. What about this? I'm a trailblazer. Here's a T-shirt. I'm a trailblazer. I don't drink, full stop. Full stop, yes. <laughs> or a stubby holder. The merch is coming, people. I'm telling you, it's coming. The merch is coming, yeah. <laughs> um, tell me, Ali, how is your self-worth these days? Yes, it's it's a lot better than before. Yeah, I wouldn't say 100% because we're always learning. Mm-hmm. And there's still that, you know, that I'm actually going to look at finding a trauma uh, counsellor awesome. because um, I still have that, you know, that even that feeling of to, to go to that singing thing. There's still that fear. Yeah. And I'm fucking sick of it. Um, yeah. And I'm reading Spirit Junkie by Gabrielle Bernstein. Yeah. Bernstein, Bernstein, however you want to say it. Yeah. So just still working on the fear, which is, you know, 30, 40 years, man, of feeling not good enough, 
you know, it's not going to, it's going to take more than a few months to really yeah. work through it. But I mean, as far as, yeah, it's a hundred percent more than what it was when I was waking up thinking, oh, fuck. Yeah. I did it again. Yeah. And if you could go back in time and have a conversation with your younger self, your teenage self, what would you say to her? Um, you don't have to get, you don't have to keep up with the boys don't people please don't find validation externally Uh, you are enough you're okay you're loved you know all the things that I guess yeah that I wanted to hear that I never never heard Mm -hmm. yeah and it's a good reminder too that when that part of you shows up like even that the scared part of you when you go to the the singing thing is to keep repeating those things to yourself because that's what the wounded part of you might need to hear so just sort of reminding yourself of all those things when the the emotional stuff comes up I am enough doing your book that's it's awesome uh the the playbook the playbook I love it and I you know I actually had that in the airport going to broom at sparrows part and i sat there like like a wanker and with my book <laughs> and i was like yeah baby i'm grateful for sitting in the airport sober or yeah. you know just i was really proud to show the book um that you know i am worthy to yeah just worthy to to look after myself and this is self-love by not um getting sucked into the having a you know watching people have their champagne at you know sparrows but it's like oh man I feel sorry for them yep yeah I mean not without being judgy but oh of course I, not being judgy I, but, but also just but just grateful I, I'm just so every day I wake up and just think fuck yeah I'm not in that loop oh, just should that... I drink tonight shouldn't I yeah. will I won't I oh you did oh you idiot oh no no that negative mm. critic mm. in your head so yeah, I'm just every day I just write that in my my gratitude is thank you for um waking up authentic yeah. or not lying or no shame. Yeah, absolutely. It just doesn't get old. Like I, I know that for myself, like I am so grateful every day that I don't drink. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> every day. Yeah. I, I honestly yeah. am because yeah. for the the person who I was and the way I felt about myself, yep. just like you, yep. you know, waking up, yep. that, oh, fuck, done it again, Full fuck. Yeah. And to not have to worry about that anymore, yep. it's just huge. I know, isn't it freeing? I would know, never, I wouldn't one... trade it for any drink, anyone, anything, anytime, ever. No, I, I totally agree. And that's mm. why I'm just, yeah, this feeling, I wish you could just bottle it up and give it to people, but people you know I've had a few one friend reach out and she you know she's she's doing her best but mm. yeah I, I just uh, yeah I'm just so grateful when I got off the phone to her and tried to give her some guidance you know that man I was there and I was there for 35 plus years and now I'm like fuck yeah well just you sharing that story with her and you sharing you know with this podcast that you know, it is a possibility and that she knows now it's a possibility and everyone who's hearing your story today and everyone who's listening to this right now, they know it's a possibility. It's a possibility, 100%. It's doable. Oh, Ali, thank you so much. You're such a champion and congratulations once again. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me on and what a a goal 
you know, another little uh, uh, milestone for me to, and, but it was a real goal of mine from hearing you in my car on that horrible thought pattern, the loop that I had, and then I heard you on the radio and then to be, you know, a year later, be on your show is, is a real, um, yeah, it's a real great present to, to me and to meet you and have to done your challenge and just know that it's, yeah, we can do it. We can do it, you know, we like we said it. before, if we can do it. Yeah, if we can do it. But, yeah, yeah no, thanks for having me on. I've, it's a good soberversary present to um, myself. Yeah, well done. Just well done to you and congratulations. And and thank you. Thank you for being so beautiful and sharing your story and just for being, you know, just a beautiful human to work with and a great contributor oh, to the challenge and, and this podcast. Thanks, thank Ali. You. All right. Enjoy brew, mate. Have a good time. Thank you. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.